Like a few years, right? Quite a few years, and especially at home, you know, via yeah. Skype okay. and stuff. And I've only just realized that I have <laughs> a reverb thing on my garage band, which is what I record onto. Yeah. On my track, could I just delete and I just re record on that track? Yeah. And Johnson had been having to <laughs> take that off for the last couple of years. Yeah. And had asked me about it before. And I'm like, yeah, I've it's fine. You. It's You're fine. like, no, no, I don't have anything. No, I'm fine. like, okay. Okay. All right. So now this should be normal and he shouldn't have to put anything on it. This should sound completely normal. I mean, I, you know, I, I feel like I've gotten pretty good at editing to a point where, you know, it sounds pretty good. Mm. I mean, Julia listens a lot more like random podcasts than I do. I get stuck. And like two or three podcasts that I really like to listen to. And I find myself mm, not too. listening to certain podcasts that I feel like have weird audio. I just don't want to listen to it. If I hear like, I don't know if it's just bad sounding. Mm. And uh, Julia listens to a lot and she goes, you've got one of the best sounding podcasts out there. I'm like, hell yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Damn That's right. what's up. That's what's up. <laughs> We're professional. And now it's going to be even better even now that Phil doesn't have you reverb have no on it. Welcome to oh. the Pod Charles Cinecast, presented by the Prince Charles Cinema. This is your host, Jonathan Foster, and I am here with my reverb less <laughs> boy, Phil. I was going to call you my spooky boy, my spooky ooky, my kooky boy. Mm. He's creepy and he's spooky and he's ooky. Um, but, you know. Da, na, na, na. <laughs> What's going on, Phil? <laughs> Don't give me ideas. Yeah, special theme for one episode. Um, I don't have time uh, for this shit. I'm okay. I'm, I'm a bit shaky. Mm. And, um, my anxiety is like at a all-time high right here. Yeah. Right now, right now like I'm just Pretty like, good. what? It's like hard to contain. Yeah. Because uh, um, you just watched Son-in-Law. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and that'll be over there on Patreon. Yeah, that's just it giving me mad anxiety. <laughs> um, no, I mean I don't know when this dropped. It'll be after the fact, right? Uh, this episode goes out on the day. On the day. It's a special episode. So today, tonight, yeah, tonight. I'll be, you know, premiering mm. the film. Finally, yes. it will be finished. It's not currently finished. And it's a- <laughs> We're a few days now at this point. 
Could we record slightly earlier? Obviously. Yeah. So you know we're rushing to the to the end here. Mm. Um, th- you know, and it's because of many reasons. It was meant to be finished a couple months ago. A lot of technical issues got in the way, and then Mac, our boy. I don't know if he's never come up on the podcast, but shout out, Mac. He worked at the cinema. Yeah. Um, and he's mixing it for me and doing a great job. And we stayed up. We worked like two days straight this week, and we were up to like five in the morning working on it. And then, yeah, I just, I got the master back and then a couple things. Like big enough that like I need to need to go back and oh. and just fix them. Um, like a couple of things missing, a couple of things now think, but not many. Um, so gonna do that tonight. Gonna go finish it. Hopefully get that DTP made tomorrow. Yes. And hopefully that's fine. And then I'll be testing it like the day before at the cinema. So it's it's anxiety of like getting it finished. And anxiety of like showing it and everybody who's coming because it's a private screening. Some of you have been invited because you were you supported the the fundraiser two years ago. Um, so it's for the backers, cast and crew, and the people who work at the cinema. Um, and maybe there'll be future public showing down the line, but for now, then this is it. Um, it'll be my first proper time showing it to people. So yeah, extremely, extremely worried um don't know uh, how i'm gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be great everybody else it's is excited everybody else yeah. is excited um but yes that's me I'm sorry if i'm a bit <laughs> all over the place today but how are you sir happy I'm, thanksgiving happy thanksgiving yeah because uh, thanksgiving kind of. is tomorrow uh when this episode goes out well there you go i'm not doing anything as well which is great i've decided this year to take it really low key not stress out julia's like parents are coming this weekend um that you know after this episode goes out and yeah it's just gonna be too busy it's gonna be too busy it's too much to worry about we gotta clean the house straighten up shit mm. yeah of course. get prepared for that and then last minute one of julia's friends from scotland decided they're gonna drop into london your house is like tommy whitehouse house in the room people just keep coming and going keep coming <laughs> like, and going yeah, it's yes. like who lives here <laughs> it does feel like that sometimes especially like we'll have a long period of time where like no one's coming and it's great and it's like chill and everything i'm not saying it's bad seeing family but then yeah. it's like when the family comes host. everybody comes at yeah. one time like you know seriously back to back to back to back and it's just like jesus christ <laughs> so are you gonna make a turkey are you gonna are you gonna kill a turkey or are you gonna uh, look at the turkey and it's gonna have a heart attack maybe yeah that's some that's some Patreon shit right there. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna. I don't know. I, like I might do. Seeds. I might do a chicken, and then do turkey for <laughs> Christmas because chicken okay. will be a lot less stressful. I want to have mm. like a small, like maybe just like a you know, like a Sunday roast style dinner. Cool, cool. On Thanksgiving, uh, gravy, egg, potatoes. Yeah, we'll do. We'll veggie. do some gravy. We'll do. We'll do some we'll potatoes. Do gravy. No, Julia said maybe she'll make a pie. I don't know. Maybe a pecan Ooh, pie. That, maybe I mean, bring I'm, some. I'm gonna hold her to it. Maybe maybe bring some cornbread. <sighs> make it proper arm. <laughs> make it proper. I might American. actually do some yeast rolls. So those Ooh. are. Uh, What's that? I did, like one, bread? I did it one year, and <laughs> man, it was so good. Just like the really nice, like they're like so soft and buttery and 
lovely rolls. Um, The dinner roll is not a thing here. And it's kind of like sad. I don't really understand. British people just never adapted. Here we go again. They never adapted the dinner roll. Here we go. It's it goes uh, I don't with know what everything. the fuck you're talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's just like a roll. <laughs> like, <laughs> like what's a we roll? We like sausage roll in the morning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ! Don't get me started on British breakfasts, like oh, baked beans. Like I love a British f- breakfast. <laughs> fucking big builder's breakfast from a greasy spoon. Yeah. Fuck me up, man. Fucking baked beans with like ketchup sauce. Like here we go. <laughs> That's what it tastes <laughs> like. Ketchup beans. Um. Well, before we get into it, let's 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 uh, you know we had it last week, uh, two weeks in a row. Holy shit! Oh, what user feedback? What? Hey, hey, hey! User feedback. People are listening. People are listening, and, and they're, they're like responding. They're like all really far behind. It's crazy because literally, as we could were, could we drop so many episodes? Up, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Weekly, one would say too many. Too many. Uh, yeah, uh, we were at the like literal end of our record last week, or it was after we had finished wrapping up, but right when we were finished recording, you and I were chatting and I was like, oh, got a message on Twitter from our good pal, Claire, long time listener, uh, big supporter of the podcast from the early days. And, uh, yeah, she must be really far behind because she was like listening to tall for all gush about Jennifer Tilly on the PCC podcast and Hmm. wondering how they haven't done a full child's play season on Patreon yet. (sighs) I mean, I did respond to this to Claire, but you know, Hmm. it's like, gotta, you gotta like show the love for child's play out there. And I think season three of Chucky's going on right now and I I need to get on it. Um, it's a weird show. <laughs> the second season good? was very strange. I liked the first season. Second season was kind of odd. It had some fun moments, but overall kind of odd. Mm. But uh, who knows? I don't know what he's doing this this season. But anyway, uh, Child's Play in general. Um, yeah, so she was talking about Jennifer Tilly. It was really weird, though, because I gave a shout out to Jennifer Tilly in last week's episode because we were talking about, uh, I, I started going off about house arrest. Remember when we were talking about like, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. we need to do the films that I'm always going off about. And I was talking about Jennifer Tilly on that episode as we record it. And then literally just like seconds later, a uh, tweet comes in mm. uh, about me talking about Jennifer Tilly. So it must have been the Liar Liar, uh, liar, liar episode. Yeah. It's pretty far, far back. Um, Claire that would break. That's when on. we were breaking the law. Yeah, we were still breaking the law. Doing we our, even... our, doing our uh, we hadn't even done our time yet. Yeah, I was about <laughs> to say, we're about to boil it. We're about to be arrested. <laughs> we're about to go to jail and, yeah. and weird shit happened to Jonathan yeah. while we're in jail. She missed a lot, it man. It still doesn't make all sense. All sorts of crazy shit. Yeah. yeah. Hope you like Jesse Ventura. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I hope to one day do something with Chucky. There was, I did say that I had uh, a name and a logo and all sorts of stuff. And it was a planned thing to do a whole child's play show that would have led into Chucky, maybe covering the Chucky TV show back when the first season dropped. But I just... Mm. Drop the ball, you know, I think his time kind of got away from me right when that was happening. I think like uh, the pandemic, like, you know, was sort of, I don't know, was it wrapping up or something or like we were, you know, work was starting up a little bit more, you know, and it was just, it was harder to do. If it had happened, like, I don't know if I had done that, like early days in the pandemic, I could have easily done it um, Mm. because I had so much time. Uh, speaking of p- long-time listeners as well, we like heard from another person who's a little bit behind, but not as far as Claire. 
Uh, Lee Hutchinson from he's up in Scotland, I believe up in Edinburgh. He's our pal up there. Um, does the nerd party in the A24 project podcasts. Uh, he said, what an amazing trip down memory lane this was. This is referring to the uh, <laughs> alien abduction. Oh, episode. my God. Yeah. <laughs> the McPherson tape episode. Holy shit. Someone need uh, the McPherson tape. <laughs> yeah. So he said, what an amazing trip down memory lane this was. Can't wait to rewatch rewatch it this weekend so i was just like oh shit someone actually knows this and i was just yeah. like which one did you see like which yeah. version what the preference and he said it was the one with the talking heads i'm pretty sure i saw it on the, the sci-fi TV channel one. here and it stuck with me ever since i was like hell yeah yeah because yeah. yeah. that one freaked I me out yeah. as a child <laughs> there we go there we go yeah well it's nice to hear from both claire and lee it's been a long time for you both uh glad Thank to you. hear you're still listening and i hope you're both doing really well um, speaking of, I hope you're doing well, Phil. I hope you're doing well, and I'm thrilled that you finished your movie, and I'm excited for tonight uh, <laughs> to you. finally see it. Because yeah, you're coming. People right? have seen it. I haven't seen it yet, so I'm looking forward to it. You haven't seen it. I've deliberately because yeah. after you couldn't make the because I did a I did a screening like in a rough cut screening. Yeah, at here at my house um, in like February, and you couldn't make that, and I was like, I'll send you a link. And I was just like, I was like, never did. I never did because I was just like in my head. I was like, I would actually rather you see it like for real, like yeah, the yeah, proper finished version, and like yeah, because especially a lot of your music in, in it. Yeah, I heard I it's want, got a fire soundtrack. Oh, dude, you have no idea. Um, <laughs> so I want you to hear it like and it meant to be heard. Yeah, just me like I'll just your fucking cr- tracks on it. Yeah, I'm just gonna cringe a lot probably. Like, oh god. My it's going to be a girl. lot, dude. It's going to oh. be like the beginning and you'll be like, oh, every scene you're going to be distracted be like, is that? Is that? <laughs> no, yeah, that is. That is one of my thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Phil, uh, to celebrate you finishing your movie, uh, I don't know, maybe it's time for a little bit more. Philiversary! Meet a boy named Phil, born in 93. Time to celebrate Philiversary. He and John are going to take the cast to a time way, way back in the past. Phil. <laughs> we continue celebrating our boy Phil's 30th year with some 1993 Thanksgiving movies. Last week, we hung out with a couple of old geezers who were in a decades-long feud that nearly rivaled the heated snack time wars of 2020. Now, <laughs> we turn our attention to a family that has best been described with such adjectives as creepy, kooky, mysterious, and spooky. And uh, my personal fave. Altogether, Uki. What Thanksgiving classic are we talking about this week? It's the Adam Family Values. <laughs> Gomez. Caramia. Marvelous news. I'm going to have a baby. Right now. Are you in unbearable pain? My darling, is it torture? We. Oui. It's a boy. It's a girl. What news? Father, what is it? It's an Adams. Do you think we love the baby more than we love you? Yes. 
these atoms, men, where do you find them? It has to be damp. We're not shy. We're contagious. I think their whole family's like some weird medical experiment. Are we late? There's an One house, three children. So many windows. You still desire me after all these years? Forever. Our whole family, together at last. I feel like it should have been called the Adam Family Fortune. But like that's just a game show, isn't it? That's not like an expression. Family Fortunes, yeah. Family yeah, Fortune. and that's like a British game show as well, right? Family Fortunes. Isn't like, that fa- is it Family show? Feud? But it's Family Feud in America. Family Feud. The Adam yeah. Family Feud then. <laughs> no, that doesn't work because they don't really feud. What do you, they don't feud? This like both films are like about they feud a bit. brother feuds. Uh, sure. <laughs> the same movie. I uh, feel like yeah. I feel like this, yeah. I feel like the second one is just like let's do the first one again, but better. Yeah, <laughs> let's redo. <laughs> Gomez Adams, played by Raúl Julia, and his wife Morticia, played by Angelica Houston, are celebrating the arrival of a baby boy named Pubert. <laughs> <laughs> Both siblings, Wednesday, played by Christina Ritchie and Pugsley, played by Jimmy Workman, are none too happy about the new addition, and they try their best to eliminate the infant. With the kids in need of keeping in line, the Adams hire a babysitter, Debbie Jelinski, played by Joan Cusack, mm. who turns out to be a gold-digging serial killer that sends Wednesday and Pugsley off to summer camp as she attempts to seduce Uncle Fester, played by Christopher Lloyd. It's the 1993 black comedy sequel to the 1991 classic The Addams Family, written by Paul Rudnick and directed by Barry Sonnenfeld. But, Bill, before we get off to hot takes, we have never talked about the aforementioned 1991 classic, and uh, I feel like maybe we should uh, we should do that. Because we can do that. Why we not? Can do that if you so, want. Bono on this Thanksgiving episode, two films for the price of one. Mm. <laughs> I, I didn't rewatch for anything. No, yeah, yeah. And I, you I didn't, didn't rewatch, rewatch it. I, I did. didn't rewatch it. So you, you can. I have seen it. I have. Seen yeah. it, not for a while. Um, we tend to do this a lot. No, the like when we did the fucking Batman movie, they're all over the place. We did like Batman Forever. Yeah. And then Return. <laughs> and then and Robin. It just it just yeah. didn't make any sense. So we're like, yeah, fuck it. We just jump into franchising. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um I don't know why we did it this way. It was just because it was a 93 film and it was Thanksgiving and we we are assholes. So we do tend to like just say, hey fuck it. Like let's just do a film that like you know it's a Thanksgiving really movie. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Uh, um I did rewatch it. Uh, I hadn't seen it in a long time, but the funny thing was like, I remembered, I was going to say, I remembered more about the first one than I did about the second one, but then there's like really a, like there's big elements to the second one, like the big scenes mm. that I remembered quite vividly. And uh, there was actually things that happened in the second one that I thought happened in the first one as well. <laughs> like some of my favorite bits. They just don't, it's um, fine. 
Yeah, but they are very similar. Um, but they're so good, man. Like I, I told mm. you the other day as I was leaving, I was talking to you, and uh, I was just like, "Yeah, I rewatched the first one. I'm gonna watch the second one tonight." But like, it was funny because, you know, it's how do you describe the Adams family? Like, I feel there's so many things that we watch growing up and stuff that we love, particularly mm. me. Like, I feel like I, you know, things that I love from my childhood in the night, like things that came out in the nineties and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'll remember them so f- vividly and fondly and blah, blah, blah. And then I would go and like try to rewatch them with Julia, my wife. And it's always, she's had a funny sort of upbringing where she, you know, she didn't watch a lot of this shit. So a lot of this stuff she's seen for the first time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it was hard. Like I've grown, gotten to a point where it's hard for me to like recommend things anymore. Like, cause I don't know how they're going to hold up anymore. <laughs> it's like in my <laughs> head, fair. I'm like, the Adams family's great. It's going to be awesome. Right? It's, it's going to be right? so good. <laughs> yeah. But like, I don't want to oversell it. And I'll be like, I think you'll like this. And then like, we mm. sat down and watched the first one and she was loving it. I was mm. like, fuck yeah. Good, okay, good. cool. And then I was like, well, there is a second one and that's the one we're actually <laughs> yeah. mostly talking about. But I wanted to rewatch the first one just for a little, for context. I don't know. Yeah, could you do? She was just like, "Yeah, these these films are awesome." <laughs> good. I'm glad they. I'm glad that I'm really glad they hold up and work for people who didn't like grow up with them. But yeah, Adam Family, the weird one to get into. I mean, it's based off like the Thickety Show, and like I never really watched the show. I'm more of a monster guy. I love yeah. the monster, and the monster is more of an Edney. They're very similar. They literally came out at the same time, and they they're they're eerily similar. But like. Monster did more of an evening style because it's like the family of sort of classic movie monsters, yeah, right? And the Frankenstein and the vampire and the fucking wolf boy or whatever. Yeah. Um, but Adam family, they're just like this very dark, gothic family, like obsessed with death and the macabre and like, you know, like they're kind of supernatural, but kind of yeah. not. Like it's just, it's very, it, I can't really describe it, but it's a very specific tone and vibe yeah and like you know it when you see it and like these movie like the movie the barry sonnenfeld movies like update and execute them so fucking well like i think that's the reason like why anyone still gives a shit about adam family like they made an animated movie then that wednesday show which is fucking huge the tim burton one like, yeah 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 they're very um and that that makes sense Tim Burton doing that. Yeah, sort of I mean, thing. a lot of people, I think, secretly think that Tim Burton directed these movies. No, they are firmly, like, Barry Sonnenfeld is low key, like, a boy director. I would yeah, say. dude. Actually, I was sitting there thinking we were talking He's about boy stable directors. He's made shit. great movies, and they don't, yeah. like, you really don't hear his name shouted no. out a lot because, really, what happened is a lot of these movies didn't do as well. Like, you know, he would do, like, a big, huge film and then he'll go and do like a film that like is actually pretty awesome but just was a bit of a bomb at the box office and he's done a lot of stuff on tv and i think people don't always associate directed with tv but he's done some really great shit yeah there and he also uh he also directed a lot of porn so uh (laughs) really no he didn't direct it but he did he was a he was a cinematographer and he he was uh i knew he started as a a camera guy really he's a camera guy on porn uh, a couple sense. of porn sets. Um, That's how we get that lighting. So, yeah. So right. <laughs> but the family. like the Men in Black movies are fantastic. They're so good, especially They're the first good. one. They're so the good. First and the third one are really fucking good. Yeah. 
Uh, Wild Wild West is really fun, but yeah. a bomb. So that was part of the thing. A famous bum. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, he did get shorty as well. Um, did get shorty? Well, he did like, but yeah, he did recently, did the like series of unfortunate event series, um, which, yeah. you know, finished where like the movie couldn't, um, pushing Daisy back in the day, he directed all of that. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Really fucking good. Um, but yeah, Adam Family, the Men in Black trilogy, like you said. I think the last, I think Kevin Spacey happened as well. <laughs> That's, yeah, because that he made. Yeah. I don't know why any Nine person months. made you, it. You've like talked about this film quite a few times I, on this podcast. I there's like. something about this movie that, like, I've not seen it, obviously. Yeah. But when it came out, I was like, "This is a fucking joke, right?" Like Shaggy Dog, but a cat. A shag- yeah, Shaggy Dog, but like ten years after, you could make that kind of movie. Yeah, and it was Kevin Spacey, like towards when people were kind of like familiar you know like there was the air before yeah yeah they would like it hasn't completely broken yet yeah but we mind you phil we have to be very careful bringing up spacey on this podcast yeah yeah being linked to the prince charles cinema we famously have canceled him we Um, canceled him it's censorship (laughs) yeah no that movie like that feels like a practical joke. That feels like like a tax write-off movie. Like nobody should have made that movie. I don't know why it exists. I don't know why someone as good as Barry Sonnenfeld directed it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just frustrates me. And he's not made a movie since. It, that, the, it's it's interesting though because like we're we're I'm going to actually get into a very interesting thing that you bringing up. Uh, it feels like something that was made years after it would have been acceptable to make something like this. Dude, I mean. We're getting into some of that stuff as well here <laughs> as we get into this first Adams Family film. Mm. But yeah, you you mentioned the the uh, television series and stuff. Is you know, there's a little bit of interesting history here too because it's not the television series that this film is actually based on. It is actually the original comics from Charles Adams. Uh, the Adams Family first appeared in a one-panel gag comic by Charles Adams in the New Yorker in 1938. He drew approximately 1,300 cartoons between then and his death in 1988 for The New Yorker. Uh, 58 of these would feature The Adams Family. Almost all were published in the 1940s and the 50s. Uh, the first one to appear was Morticia. Uh, she was just like a lady that he had been drawing a lot and stuff. And it, he, you know, it's been thought to be based on the kind of woman that he was attracted to. Um, mm. Like there was a woman that he ended up marrying that a lot of people thought that Morticia looked like. And he actually created the character before he even met her. So it's unlikely that it was based on her. But he did attribute uh, a lot of her likeness to the actress Gloria Swanson, who he had a thing for. Uh, Gomez would come out next. He was based on the former New York governor and presidential nominee Thomas E. Dewey. And uh, he joined four years later. Pugsley would come out. And then finally Wednesday and Fester shortly after. Uh, several collections of the comics were published over the years, and by 1964, ABC Network, the ABC Network decided to adapt the comic into a TV show starring John Astin, the old Doritos-stained, fingered Sean Astin's <laughs> dad. You can wash those hands, Sean. He didn't teach him well enough. Did, yeah, didn't he? I forget. Why did his dad come up before? Didn't he say, like, he, wasn't he trying to get him to not do a movie? Oh, that was his, uh, his younger brother, Mackenzie Aston. Oh, that would of, From that would the Garbage Pail Kids movie. <laughs> that's it. That's it, dude. Thank you. Yeah. 
the old Aston clan, they continue to come <laughs> up. Just wait until we get into the Lord of the Rings movies when I finally make Phil do that next year. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Oh, uh, we had uh, Carolyn Jones stars Morticia, uh, Jackie Coogan. So the kid from Charlie Chaplin's The Kid, who famously like had, he was like the first child actor ever. Um, he played Uncle Fester when he was like, Older, really? a lot older. Yeah, oh which I didn't know that. Like, I knew Fester from that TV show. I remember him, but like, mm-hmm. had no idea it was Jackie Coogan from The Kid. And I mean, Jackie Coogan's like kind of like a famous career if he was like the first child actor to kind of get screwed over by his parents. Yeah. Uh, they created the Coogan Act in California to kind of like help children who were being taken advantage of, you know, in the Hollywood system and stuff to like, put you know laws in obviously it would get better and better over the years uh for more and more you know laws being put into place to not take advantage of children and in, in hollywood and also like you know working hours and all that sort of shit uh this tv show though it aired for two seasons until 1966 for a total of 64 episodes and it produced the iconic adams family theme mm. by vic mizzy no official reason was given for the cancellation, though Smith, Smithsonian Magazine speculated that it was due to the adoption of color programming on the network the following year. And okay. Charles Adams himself was less than happy with the series, criticizing the characters for being half as e- evil as in the comics. <laughs> it's interesting. I believe like the Adams home, it would have looked weird. I think there are color photos out there of what the Adams family home looked like. And obviously when you turn it black and white and, you know, it's, you know, filmed in black and white, there's no color in those old episodes. Uh, you wouldn't notice this and it probably only accentuated the way it looked on screen, but it was actually a pink home i believe like the walls were all like pink and stuff but you know if it's in black and white that's gonna like look kind of maybe like stark in a way like you know you know look Mm -hmm. like you know like the idea of that being what their home looked like if they switched the color they would have had to redo the whole set and everything (laughs) but at the same time it's funny because you mentioned the monsters the monsters did air the same exact year and it ran for two years as well into 1966 as well uh, but the interesting thing is it aired on CBS and its creators have noted that they did partially rip off Charles Adams comic strips for <laughs> the monsters. So like the well, idea was like, Hey, w- you know, universal classic monsters, but as the Adams family mm. and we can't necessarily call them like Dracula and Frankenstein and stuff like that because universal owned you know, the, the uh, copyright for that, but they basically ripped it off and kind of changed it enough. And then you got the monsters. The monsters actually ended up being really famous though, because the monsters actually got like syndication. Whereas the Adams family for some reason didn't. I mean, I remember seeing the Adams family when I was a kid, I guess like later in the nineties and stuff, it was like on Nick at night or something like that. But back in the day, like, you know, especially over here in the UK as well. I think the monsters made it over, but the Adams family didn't. So the Adams family kind of like just disappeared. It was like a weird thing that wasn't as popular. And you did have like, you know, they had an animated crossover with Scooby-Doo, with John, <laughs> John Aston and uh, Carolyn Jones and Jackie Coogan all voicing their original characters. Oh, uh, that's thick. But guess who was voicing Pugsley? I don't know. Jodie Foster. <laughs> 
What? Really? Yeah, yeah. Because you know, like they always have like girls, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. or women or whatever, yeah, uh, doing boy voices. Car, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Because they obviously their voices aren't like as deep, so they can kind of get away with doing these like little boy voices. That's um, funny. Yeah. So she did, and she was young then as well. So she did Pugsley's voice, and then this would lead to a short-lived 1973 animated series, which retained Jackie Coogan's voice for Fester as well as Jodie Foster for Pugsley. Uh, and then in 1977, most of the original cast reunited for a TV special called Halloween with the new Adams family. It was poorly received due to it being filmed in the house that they used for the horror film Ben, that one that Michael Jackson wrote the theme song for. And it had a really, really bad script and bad performances. It was just terrible. And it looked Wasn't shit Ben like, about the rat? Yeah, about the rat. But it was it, it, it's this the movie house about inf- a rat. Yeah, and it was infested with like oh. uh, rats. Yeah, um, yeah, because he did like a remake years later with Crispin Glover, I believe, and uh, it was just like a bunch of rats. Oh my god! Yeah, the man living in a home with a bunch of rats. Sounds incredible. But it didn't look like the Adams family home. It was just like a normal looking two story house. <laughs> you know, it was just kind of weird. Adam family house should be like a very like German expressionistic like mm. like cabinet yes. with Doctor Caligari in terms yeah. of like you know sort of warped dark like structured and like weird lines and curves and almost not realistic but like yeah i think it's cartoonish it needs to be a bit more cartoonish it can't just be like a house basically what they did for the 90s movies yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> where it doesn't really even make sense like the where anything is and how it yeah. operates in the house yeah and, like, yeah exists in its own sort of reality uh something that existed in its own reality the last Thing that would happen with the Adams family, notably before they came back into prominence in the nineties. Porn. Adams family porn. There is Adams. Barry started. Of course there is. There is Adams family porn. Of course there is. Yeah. If you could think of it, Ignis. But Barry Sonnenfeld was the cameraman for it, and that's you know nice little full circle moment. There. Full circle. That's when he got the f- idea initially. In 1989, a video game called Fester's Quest was oh, developed yeah. by Sunsoft for the Nintendo Entertainment System. I remember this. And it's this now is, considered one of the worst games awful. of all time. It's awful. Check out, yeah. if you're if anyone's not a fan, the Angry Video Game Nerd. Yeah, yeah, he does a YouTube video of it. Sensation, and he yeah. does a really great review on it. But yeah, yeah it looked, I, for some reason I thought that had come out with the movie. Um, no, no, no. Actually, it was just like a random, like, yeah, we'll just throw this up. I don't know about Adam's Family, the first film, I don't remember seeing anything about a game, but actually the one that we're mostly talking about in this episode, Adam's Family Values, there is a very notable Adam's Family Values game that came out. Again, for some reason, you're Fester. These games love being Fester. You, the you have to be Fester. Love Fester. Yeah. Like Fester like is Fester. like the main character, like yeah. both plots <laughs> both centered around Fester. Yeah. And I don't know why. It's like crazy. I love I love Fester, obviously, yeah. but like he's not like the best character. I don't know what is it about him that seemed to yeah. appeal to people. It's nuts. Is he's it the like, Jackie Coogan thing? Is it like there's some contractual thing there? Where he's I don't like know. This character yeah. Has he's the main to be guy. The most yeah. prominent one. Not the Fester family. I think everyone just seemed to love Fester, though. Like, it seems like a lot of people who are attached to this uh, are just reading, like, you know, in passing that they, like, really liked Fester a lot, you know? Mm. So I don't know. I guess he spoke Give to me people. a fucking Lurch movie, though. Give me a <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me the hand. Yeah, Thing. Thing the movie. Thing. And all that stuff from like the show then, like the extended family, did they add that for the show or is that also in the 
a lot of comics. these things were in comics, I believe. Lurch and uh, Thing, I believe, were all in comics. And But it was like kind of like Thing in particular was a... It was always sort of described as a thing that you would never see because it's it was too ugly for human eyes to see. Mm. And then by the time okay. they made the TV show, they just sort of like you know crept in a hand and sometimes a forearm. Mm. And funny enough, it was the guy who played Lurch who, oh, who did it, and he was like literally like six foot nine, you know, a giant man, tall boy. And yeah. they had to like do all these funny things to kind of keep him out of the camera. <laughs> um, but he would always appear in really funny places like in a mailbox or like under, a table, you know, a little <laughs> coffee funny. table or something. Um, but I can't remember if they like just he was just a disembodied hand or if it was supposed to be a body, uh, you know, it might you, you aren't supposed hands. to see yeah. him because he's so ugly, but you just see his hand. But yeah. then it, by the time these movies come, you know, special facts can like I, I think it's brilliant, dude. It looks really. Great. There's a couple of times where you can, can kind of see the green screen yeah. or whatever, yeah, 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 but like it's fucking phenomenal and it looks really mm. cool. And I, I'm just like, dude, like you can keep doing stuff like this, you know? Like why not? Oh yeah, like yeah, it looks great. And you I hate it, right? I'm like the, the bit where you like so jump. sick of CGI. <laughs> it just yeah, it just yeah. there's a lot of it right now. Yeah, and yeah, it's nice to see. It's charming. It just adds yeah. to the whole charm of it. It's silly. Like, mm. and you can see how silly it is. Well, this game was silly, though. Um, this this <laughs> game I was talking about, Fester's Quest. It was a shoot 'em up game where the plot was that you use a gun to save the townspeople and the Adams family from an alien invasion. And yeah, they did they did promote to promote the game, they did shoot some black and white advertisement using like, you know, certain characters. Um, but that was the last time you would see the Adams before we get to, to the good stuff. And at first we had the Adams family, 1991. Uh, so the plot here is when a man named Gordon Craven played by Christopher Lloyd. Ooh, back in creepy mode. <laughs> back to a Dennis the Menace wave. Yes, 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 it's yes. Disgusting. Disgusting. He had a good few disgusting years. Mm. Like post back to the future. He's like, I just want to play gross. I want to be gross. <laughs> I want a fester. It means to rot. Rot. <laughs> <laughs> He's uh, claiming to be Fester, the missing brother of Gomez Adams, played by Raul Julia. He arrives at the Adams' home. The family is thrilled. However, Morticia, played by Angelica Houston, begins to suspect the man is a fraud since he cannot recall any of the details of Fester's life. With the help of a lawyer, Tully Alford, played by Dan Hedaya, Fester manages to get the Adams clan evicted from their home. Gomez realizes that the two men are conspiring to swindle the Adams fortune and mm. that he must challenge Fester. So the film, it was eventually released by Paramount Pictures, but its origins lay at 20th Century Fox, in particular with uh, producer Scott Rudin, who was the head of production at the studio at the time. He pitched the idea of a movie based on Charles Adams' original cartoons uh, instead of the Adams Family TV show uh, to his colleagues at Fox. And it was met with a lot of enthusiasm. Unfortunately, though, Fox didn't have the rights to make the film, which were owned by Orion Pictures at the time, which Adams, uh, Charles Adams' widow 
she, I guess they sold parts of the rights to to Orion, I guess, for the TV show and stuff like that. But she mm-hmm. held the rest of the remaining rights. And Fox tried to buy the rights, but Orion wasn't willing to give them up as they wanted to make a new TV show. Mind you, this is towards the dying days of Orion Pictures. Uh, they had a couple of hits or like just before this time. So they were kind of thinking we're going to like still still going to make it. But yeah, they didn't last long. They weren't long for this world. And then another issue was that the Adams family had fallen into obscurity at this point. Like I said, they didn't have as much pool as the monsters, which were still, you know, a powerhouse due to syndication. And finally, Charles Adams widow would sell her remaining rights to Orion, who would pluck Scott Rudin from Fox to produce not a TV show. They decided, hey, let's go for that movie idea. So then a script was produced with the first draft penned by Carolyn Thompson and Larry Wilson, who collaborated beforehand on Edward Scissorhands. Paul Rudnick came in to do further work, and he would write the eventual sequel, Adam's Family Values. And the story runs that a lot of rewrites took place, but with the script in place, Tim Burton was approached to direct the film. Of course, naturally, you would think this feels like a Tim Burton film anyway. But he would pass on it because he was busy doing Batman Returns. Terry Gilliam was also apparently offered the job, but he turned it down. Mm-hmm. And then Scott Rudin, he just happened to like Barry Sonnenfeld. He was just like, you know, he's, he's done a good job being a, uh, you know, making a career for himself out of uh, being a cinematographer. Uh, one of his first things that he did was obviously shooting Blood Simple for the Coen brothers. Uh, and then he en- ended up doing Raising, Ar- Raising Arizona, Miller's Crossing. He would uh, shoot Penny Marshall's Big, Rob Reiner's When Harry Met Sally, and Misery. So he, you know, basically was cutting his teeth. But like I said, he did cut his teeth originally in the porno biz. Apparently shooting nine films in nine days right after he graduated from film school. And when he was asked what the porno industry taught him uh, that he could apply to mainstream filmmaking... Sonnefeld responded saying, it told me that you should never release a movie with smell vision because if <laughs> anyone ever smelled a porn, it would destroy the entire porn industry. <laughs> <laughs> I had to include that. It's just such a good quote. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. But the original Adams family, it, it nearly broke very Sonnefeld. He told uh, Empire Magazine back in 1901, he admitted that I lost 13 pounds in the first 10 weeks alone, and the tension was incredible. In the same interview, he recalled being hired by the Coen brothers to shoot Blood Simple. He said, I, I was so nervous that I threw up 17 times. So I think oh, he was pretty up. known to being close to nervous breakdown at all times, especially early days. <laughs> That's how we operate. Yeah. yeah. But it was uh, three weeks into directing the film that it, things went very wrong. Again, as he recalled in the same interview, I was standing behind a chair when I started to feel this tremendous pressure in my chest as if someone was blowing up a balloon inside me. But uh, before I knew it, what was happening, I got very dizzy and I tried to sit down and then, bam, I passed out. Sonnefeld regained consciousness, uh, weeping as he did, because he apparently just cried a lot. And uh, producer Scott Rudin, just weeks into production, had a director who was teetering on the edge. He moved quickly and tried to order everyone home. But as Sonnenfeld said back in 1991, I remember begging Scott, please let me get up and get going again. If we have to stop everything, 
every time I faint or I start to cry, we'll never get this movie done. (laughs) 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 And production resumed and nobody got the half day that they thought they were getting. Angelica Houston. Ah, God damn it. Fantastic, right? Every, like, she's fantastic, obviously. But, like, just prop to the casting in general. I think everybody mm. is perfect. Like yeah. everybody is nailed to a T. They look the part, they act the part. Like it's just, yeah. And I never get tired of Morticia walking into the fucking slip of light on her own. Yeah, 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 yeah. To every shot. It's insane. She's great. Yeah, she's really, really great. The light is insane. It's, I rewatched both, obviously. In the first film, I don't even really remember seeing it much. And I think they just dialed it up in the second one. Yeah, 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 really pushed it. But I think maybe it could be that they maybe tried to give her a little bit of relief because she apparently had a really bad time filming the first film, especially. She said it was long and arduous. It was described that the character Morticia would should have eyes that slanted upwards at the sides. And in fact, that was achieved by attaching an elastic strap to the back of Angelica Houston's head via fabric tabs glued to her temples. Oh, shit. Which uh, pulled the corners of her eyes upwards. And then there was a second strap added to balance the appearance of the lower part of her face with the upper. So the bands caused extended discomfort to Houston. And unless she removed them at lunchtime, she would suffer from severe headaches and rashes later in the day. My but removing God, the dude. bands for a break entailed hours of extra work and both removing and then reapplying her wig, her makeup and wig. So on top of this, the bands would snap at the slightest turn of Houston's head, causing yet more grueling repair time. <laughs> so eventually That was the best that was the best she learned how to version pivot. of that. Yeah. Just learned how to pivot without moving her upper body or her head. It kind of worked for the character. She's yeah. just, you know, very she like glide through Yeah, the dude, she fucking like just glides through the house. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. Julia was even like that. She was like, man, she's she looks amazing. She's just like levitating through the house. <laughs> like, I think certain people have it. I mean, I say this every time someone brings up the time Uma Thurman showed up to the cinema. I literally looked out. Yeah, yeah. Watching as she left, uh, watching her go down Lyle Street, like turning the corner around into Chinatown, and as paparazzi were just snapping photos, and she was hovering. <laughs> <laughs> like it was weird. It was so weird. It was like she was just like, uh. yeah. Uh, according to Houston, though, the actress Judith Malena, who played the original grandmama, because she was recast in Values, her uh, her way of enduring being embedded with latex for twelve hours a day was to smoke an endless series of joints in her trailer throughout filming. <laughs> she just baked She's ass getting grandma. fucking baked, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to hotbox this shit. Yeah. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> Further issues included a burst blood vessel in Raul Julia's eye, uh, which further delaying the shooting. Oh my God. And director of photography, Owen Roisman, quit the production three months into completion. I think someone took over and then they only lasted like a few days before they ended up going to the hospital for some reason. I'm not really sure why. And this all forced Barry Sonnenfeld to take over the you know the role of being the cinematographer in addition to his existing responsibilities. Uh, <laughs> not to mention that his wife fell ill during production, and uh, he was really nervous about that. And then to make matters worse, Orion <laughs> faced financial issues. They were just on the brink of just closing down, and they sold 
the project of the Adams fa- and the Adams family rights to Paramount. So this is why it ended up becoming a Paramount Pictures. And this was all mid-production. And the deal didn't include overseas rights. I think in the overseas territories, it was passed over to MGM. But, you know, the studio of Orion was eventually bought out in 1997. So it wasn't very long after that it just completely teetered. Uh, But, you know, despite the troubled production, The Addams Family was a very successful film. It earned $191.5 million on a $30 million budget. And the film arguably started a trend of 90s films, 90s movies, adapting 1960s TV shows. Yeah, this is what I mean, right? Yeah, this is this is we're going to get into some shit. I have a list here of things that were coming out post this, the success of this movie. And it's insane how long it went on for. And this is what I meant by. We're going to be talking about some shit that shouldn't have been made <laughs> and it got made years after it should have been, you know, it should have been acceptable to even do this. But the first one to come out right after The Adams Family is 1993's The Fugitive, which me and Phil did an episode on earlier this year. We did. Uh, we have The Beverly Hillbillies in 1993. <laughs> oh my God. The Flintstones in 1994. And. Uh, to be fair, they, it was probably all very hit and miss. The biggest it was the biggest yeah. one in terms of the box office, though. It was yeah. bigger. It was bigger than the Adams family. Fever Rock yeah. Vegas over the. Fuck? It did get a sequel, a big flop called The Flintstones and Viva Rock Vegas. Vegas in two thousand. How happy I remembered that title. Another huge one, uh, which obviously still has an ongoing franchise, Mission Impossible, nineteen ninety six. Yeah. Oh yeah. Our boy, yeah, like I feel like the theory is like eclipsed. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah, maybe we should talk about that. Talk about one of the good ones. Oh, yeah, we did the other mission one. Yeah, yeah, he loves mission like, movies, but I don't yeah. know. We'll see. Uh, 1997. This was one of my faves because uh, again, it had Shooter McGavin in it. Uh, Leave it to Beaver. Woo! They were to Leave it to Beaver movie. Yeah, dude, it was classic classic very bad um yeah i don't believe you when you say classic anymore <laughs> because you always follow up with awful very bad. i did i did love it though i did love it yeah. uh 1997 we had mr magoo mikhail's navy sergeant oh bilko <laughs> sergeant bilko i've seen because it yeah. was weird because i like the show actually the phil silver show yeah and then watching the movie it's so strange because it's Steve Martin as Sergeant Bilko? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's somebody in the film who would be a much better Sergeant Bilko. <laughs> Phil what Hartman. Steve Martin, though. Phil, Phil Hartman is right fucking there, and he I get is it, basically Sergeant Bilko. Who, who's the bigger name? Yes, I get yeah, it. That's just, just let him have Pink Panther. <laughs> it Hamburger. Hamburger. I mean, to be honest, I don't even have Pink Panther down, but that technically but that, is. Well, that would yeah. be later, yeah. Um. The 1998, we had Lost in Space, The Avengers oh, with for Joey. the UK people. Yeah, Joey, yeah, yeah, Lost yeah. in Space. Uh, and then 1999, we had My Favorite Martian, which got name dropped last week. Classic. Awful uh, Wild Wild West, obviously. You know, <laughs> yeah. we talking about our Giant boy spider. here. Yeah. Um, Inspector Gadget. Huh. The Mod that Squad. Good. Oh, yeah. Dudley Do-Right. No. <laughs> And then the cap off 
the decade, we had The Adventures of Rocky and Bullwinkle in 2000. Oh, yeah, with De Niro after that. A couple okay. years would uh, pass, but hey, Phil, the mid-2000s come screaming along, and they're like, hey, let's keep it going, Phil. Let's keep it going. Here's some films that were made on classic 60s and 70s TV shows that never should have been made. Mm. Starsky and Hutch, 2004. <laughs> Fat Albert, 2004. <laughs> the Honeymooners, 2005. Bewitched, 2005. Oh man. The Dukes of Hazard, 2005. I liked a lot of these movies when I was a kid, though. And then 2009, Land of the Lost. And then it's like, okay. Underrated. Underrated. We can, we can chill for a while. We can chill for a while. Let's chill for a bit. Let's do some 80s movies for a while. And then 2017 we'll comes and they're like, Chips, let's go. Let's go. Oh my God, Chips. <laughs> so, like, yeah, who how, thought that would be? How great are you idea? making a Chips movie in 2017? <laughs> You are bereft of idea. They should have done it's it insane. in like the late night with Fed from that yeah. 30 show. It was right there, you know? Yeah, definitely. He he could have easily done that. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So the first Adams Family film is the best one probably of all those I just mentioned. It's great. <laughs> and then it's sequel, which you the reason uh, yeah. why we're here, you told me the other day that you thought it was better than the original. You've actually already kind of said it on this podcast. I think it's better well. than the original, yeah. yeah um, it's way better. Adam's Family Values. Uh, so, yeah, the first one, one of the big things that we had a little bit of a debate on last week, and it was <laughs> funny because I, I couldn't remember. I was like, what's the deal with Fester in that film? Yeah, I was like, is it the fake Fester? He, did they just adopt him? Is he the real Fester? Did they get swapped out? I was like, I don't remember this plot at all. Yeah, like I remembered like... <laughs> Obviously, like, you know, there was a fester who shows up and he's been missing for years. And there's a whole thing about it not being the real fester. And that was the whole driving force. And he has this woman there that's like supposedly his mother who's like (laughs) pretending to be his doctor. And, you know, they're trying to con the Adams family. And Mm. like, I couldn't remember. I I remember like we were I was like, is he the real fester? (laughs) Or is he a fake Fester and then he just becomes Fester? Or mm. was there like the real Fester who shows up and there's like two Festers? I could yeah. not remember because you could easily have just been like, okay. Any of those. <laughs> whatever. But it's great. Throughout the whole film, it's fucking f- so fun. Like mm. Christopher Lloyd's amazing. I mean, Raul Julia and uh, Angelica Houston have the best chemistry. Like yeah. it's so fucking good. Obviously, Wednesday, like, you know, she's great. Um, Christina Ritchie. Christina Ritchie's, like, fantastic. She's great in the first film, but she really shines in values. Um, She's so young in the first film, you know? It's, like, only her, like, second or third film role. Isn't it a different Pugsley in the first one? No, it's the same kid. The same kid? He's, yeah, Jimmy Workman. I mean, he hadn't done much with his career. Him and the original Grandmama are kind of, like, they're kind of just there. In Fair the enough, first film, yeah. and even in the second film, to be honest, uh, you do get recast in the second film. Um, it's uh, Carol Kane playing, yeah, yeah, uh, Grandmama, which is great. She's great, but like she doesn't do much, and it doesn't really matter. No, no, she's barely um, there. Pugsley, it's also like not he's important, but he's not that important. He has some of my favorite jokes, though. He has like the when he's hanging himself in the yeah, chair. just hanging himself in the back <laughs> in the background. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of stuff like that. Like you know, there the Incredible. whole time, 
throughout the first film as well, they're just like, you know, Wednesday and Pugsley trying to kill each other, or mostly like Wednesday trying to kill yeah, Pugsley. Yeah, that's the thing, um, they're trying to kill each is, other. Which is always fun. The baby the it's so one, yeah. dark though, like, even the first one as well. About it. And I'm just like, holy shit. I don't remember these films being that dark. Like they're, they're dark. So good. They're like, they're like authentically like dark and weird. And in a way that like, I don't think shows can, are anymore. Yeah. Get, you can do like, that. Go today. back to, you know, the thing we've had before where it's like when things are like meant to be weird now, they're like fake weird. They're not yeah. that weird. Yeah, they're yeah. just trying to be weird or trying to be dark. And they're just not where these are. They're very adult, dark joke in there. Yeah. Probably not appropriate for kids, but kids love them and then they get better when you grow up. I, I do have to give a shout out to the chilling adventures of Sabrina being a lot like darker and cooler than I could oh, have ever imagined good. it would have been. Cool. But then like at times, super fun. Like I really yeah. liked that show. It was one of those that got canceled uh, on Netflix and it was kind yeah. of a shame. And they even did a really fun crossover with the Sabrina, the Teenage Witch television show from like, that was really like they, goofy. That was my show. Did yeah. Like one? a very fun crossover, not with uh what's her face. Um, who played Sabrina in that show. I don't think she was involved, but remember. the, the oh, aunties okay. were, um, Oh great. Yeah. yeah they great. showed up. And then you also had like Salem, the cat Salem show the cat. up, nice. which was like very fun. Cause it was like, things had gotten so weird on that show at that point, but it was like really good and very dark. I've not seen any of Wednesday, uh, I'm, I got the, I get the feeling that they knew that they were coming out with Wednesday and they were just like, all right, fuck Sabrina. Like, you know, Wednesday's here. Um, so we can't have two of these shows that are very dark. Those could have crossed over. Yeah. Why not? Why not? Fuck it. Who cares? Yeah. Um, team up show. Avengers. Yeah. Cause they, you know, Sabrina, Sabrina and like the whole Archie Riverdale thing, like that's the same yeah, universe. Yeah, yeah. So they, they didn't, they didn't really cross over, but they talked about each other a little bit. Like I think, well, at least Sabrina, they would talk about Riverdale a little bit, but yeah, I, I haven't seen it. So I don't really know. I want to watch an yeah, episode of Wednesday to see what it's like, but I just appreciate how dark these Adams family films are. And they're just really mm. funny. They really hold up. The first one's great, but mm. I, I do have to agree if we're going to get into hot takes here. Adam's family values is is a little bit better. Uh, it's it's not it's just it's just fine. Majorly better, but yeah, it's just it's it's an improvement. I think like if you're gonna and because it's quite similar, you get it's hard not to compare. They kind of do the same thing, just a bit better. Just I don't know. Just if it's firing on all cylinders, it's like you know maybe a bit of awkwardness into introducing the characters in the first one. Where the second one, they're just there and they're alive and they and it worked. And you don't even need context to go into it. You could just start and it worked. You kind of, yeah. I get this family, this kooky, ooky family. Um, and then they have a new kid and then this woman comes in and like it make it makes uh, total sense. Um, but yeah, it's just fun. And I I just like the added Thanksgiving twist here. Because the first one, yeah. you can watch it for <laughs> Halloween. And this one, you can watch Actually, the a first later one- for Thanksgiving. The first one opens and it's Christmas because there's like carolers. Oh, really? I don't Yeah, literally that. it oh, opens yeah, yeah, with yeah. carolers singing Christmas songs and the Adams are up top looking at them and they like literally are pouring like a molten hot, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. like fucking, uh, what, what do you call it? Like a witch's uh, like witch uh, brew. brew, whatever. I don't know. Yeah. Just like pouring that over a bunch of carolers, which is hilarious. <laughs> There's a lot funny. of shit like that. A lot of like movie. throwing babies out windows, you know, like fucking I love cares. That. And like, I'm just catching it. Yeah. There's just yeah. lots of references to like, if these things are true, that's crazy. You know, like there's that bit with, they'll be like, oh, what a lady 
killer and he's like acquitted you know? <laughs> yeah. and i was like what, what, what yeah 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 you know yeah there was a lot of jokes like that like I, I think even in the first one there's a few like throwaway jokes that are just really funny there's a that's what it is is throwaway it's humor throwaway. that's yeah, yeah, really yeah. funny it's like very coded you know because it's like it's it's the epitome of a film that you could take your kids to because mm-hmm. it's goofy and obviously I saw it as a kid and there was no problems with it, but there was enough dark humor there that the adults are going to have a fucking great time watching this. Like, Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, Julia had never really, she didn't know anything about the Adams family and it's like hard to describe. I'm like, yeah, they're a weird fucking family that likes death and like, you know, it's <laughs> fucking weird. Um, and they're also like, but like something that popped out and needs on this rewatching it that like, they're like an old, I know cause it's part of the fortune thing. Yeah. They're like proper old money. They're like yeah, a great yeah, yeah. Gatsby <laughs> family, you know. Yeah. Like they live, they live on this in this like giant mansion in like a secluded suburb, and like they they just have money, and they pay people to look after their kids, and like it just it's so, and they have don't give a fuck about what anybody thinks of them, and they just again like separate from the rest of the world, the modern world. Yeah, like they come from a different era. It totally works when you bring them back because. They literally are from a different era, but also the characters are meant to be of a different era when, whenever that story is told. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, to be honest, they don't even really venture out of their comfort zone of the Adams, you know, household that much anyway. Like, you don't really see yeah, them, yeah. which I think is a good thing. You don't really have to blend them with modern society. And if, when you do, you do it so sparingly that it's just fun. Like, And it's done in a time, like... You know, they go to camp and they have to deal yeah. with all these other kids. But it, even that is done in this wonderful, like, timeless aesthetic and, like, deliberate. And it's all very purposeful. Again, I only noticed this time that literally, I know they make reference to it, but I thought it's a joke. But literally every other kid is, like, blonde hair, blue eyed. Yeah. Like, it, yeah, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. A sea of them. And, and then like, all the kids incredible. who aren't picked are all, like, the. It's it's incredible. It's yeah. like they're all like the weirdos, or they're like just like the one black kid, and then there's like yeah. the Mexican kid, the Asian kid, like the kid who's a nerd, the kid who's handicapped. You just have them all like you know pushed to the side and sort of oh you're the you're the Indians, yeah. like on this fucking weird ass play like Pocahontas in the first yeah, Thanksgiving. Yeah. What the it, fuck are you on about? <laughs> but it, it, it's incredible. Like we've said it before in terms of like stacked cast. Yes. This is a stacked. Yeah, it's like, outstanding. Like, like, not even just, like, the family, who are great. A special shout-out to Raul Julia, because this is, like, his last film, unfortunately. Like, well, Street away Fighter. Soon after. Street Fighter. But, like, in his lifetime, yes. right? Yeah. Um, they're He's great. fantastic. Christina Ritchie really comes into themselves. But this one, I think, is bolstered by the supporting cast. Like, like, speaking of the camp, you have fucking David Crumholtz. Yes, but yeah, but our boy, himself, our boy. <laughs> but you have like for me the main person that I think elevates and steals it. It's the Joan Cusack show. Yeah, the whole movie so is good. she. It's iconic. Like again, like the look. The, she's like very old Hollywood starlet. She's so great at playing like all the different versions of Debbie. Like the sweet sort of you know, housewife to like the killer who's just trying to get Fester to die and she can't do it. She's pissed off. And then she's partying in the bar with the sailors and stuff. She's incredible. And she knows exactly what movie she's playing to like yeah. the over the top laugh to like 
everything. Like, yeah, she's just so good. And I would forget how good Joan Kuznick is. Yeah. You know, like she's, she's so from good. This, to like her, Rock to Toy Story. Like, yeah, just incredible. her voice is iconic as well. Like this, yeah. the, the, her voice in this film is just like, you know, all I was hearing at times was just Jesse from yes, Toy Story. Yeah. Like the laugh in particular at times when she was just doing her laugh. Um, yeah, dude, she's so good. Like so funny, plays it perfectly. It was really funny though, because you had those like moments where, uh, they were watching the TV and it was like the, um, or she was watching herself. On She's TV. watching herself. And I'm uh, like, did nobody was, else watch TV? <laughs> yeah. not. The Adams family don't, uh, yeah. they're too busy. Just like, you know, throwing knives at each other. Yeah, um, yeah. but like the, the, she's watching herself on TV and it's that like, um, America's most like wanted slash like some other, I don't know, like yeah, it's a real guy, right? Like uh, in the show. Like, a yeah, well he's, I don't, th- I don't think he is. I think he's like an old school, like, I can't remember who, what his name was. I mean, he might have been. I, I was reading slightly. I didn't write his name down. But like, yeah, anyway, like, it, you know, it's a parody of a mm. couple of different shows. Yeah, and it's yeah, like yeah. the most demented, like unsolved killers or something. And <laughs> Women she's like, kill. she's like the, uh, what do they call it? The Black Widow. <laughs> yes. yes <laughs> and even yes. David Krumholz has a little trading cards. And you could, like, it I love just dates that. itself so killer, much. The like, serial his, killer like, trading card? Yeah. yeah fucking incredible. like. Oh, I got like Amy, like Pugsley's like, Amy I, I'll trade you with the Amy Fisher. <laughs> like, fuck off. <laughs> I'm so missing funny. the Zodiac guy. <laughs> yeah, so funny. But yeah, um, she's watching herself on TV and they have this whole thing and it reminded me a lot. And even Julia said it while we were watching and it's funny, it's from the exact same year. It's so fucking, so I married an axe murderer. Like, yeah, you know, like the whole idea. Literally. I was like, man, that was a theme back then. Um, <laughs> but yeah, she's so funny in this film, man. Like really, really funny. Like really nails the role. Because in the first film, you have like the woman who's playing like Fester's mother. And she's mm. funny. Like she like puts on this whole like uh, German accent and she calls herself like Dr. Uh, Pinderschlaus, which I think means nut house. Like if you, you know, <laughs> which is just funny because she's just like fucking crazy. And that whole thing is them trying to like instill Fester as like the, you know, basically he's the oldest. So if he's proven to be alive, then he can take control of the Adams estate. Yeah. And he can kick, you know, um, Gomez and the rest of the family out and he could take control of all the money. But it's funny that like by the time they come to this one in the second film, they've just kind of kept that going. But like now Fester, he's he is the real Fester at the very end. I don't even know if I finished my statement oh, uh, no, about sorry. this, but yeah, it's really funny in the first film. Yeah, like because I was talking to you and I was just like, yeah, fucking so stupid. The whole time I'm waiting for it to like spin and it just never happens until literally the last two minutes of the film after everything's wrapped up. Gomez gives a very throwaway comment like, oh, it's great. Like, you know, that lightning shock you got earlier, like, uh, you know, cleared your brain and you really were the Fester. You know, you are the real Uncle Fester and she found you in the Bermuda Triangle (laughs) and you'd you'd have forgotten your identity and, you know, oh, it's so convenient. You are Uncle Fester. It's like, what? Like, that's how you... (laughs) It's fine, though. It's just so stupid. It's just Just write it out. Because it doesn't matter, right? Like, the plot is not important to these movies. It's just a theory of excuses to get your jokes in. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, this time he is the actual Uncle Fester. um, And he is the oldest. And the whole idea is Debbie coming in to 
basically, you know, marry him, kill him, steal his money, which he's very unsuccessful at because he <laughs> is he's an Adams and you can't kill the Adams. Like you can't, you can't kill they're them. kind of unkillable. Yeah, they're unkillable. It's like it almost feels like they've been alive for centuries. Like yeah. <laughs> they'll always be that age. Um yeah, I, I love this this shit where like I don't know. Yeah, I could be misremembering which film it was, but there was this like one moment where Gomez is talking to Morticia. Like their fucking chemistry is tremendous in both films. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If yeah. if anything, like it's kind of sad. We're gonna get into the cast here a little bit, but like um Raul Julia, like he was this was his final film in his lifetime. He would star as Bison in Street Fighter next and year. And the best thing about that passed. film. Yeah, he is. He's so good. But he sadly passed away. He had stomach cancer for years and no one really knew about it. And he'd eaten like a it's like sushi or something like he that. Got or, food poisoning, and, yeah. and he got food poisoning and um, he had a really bad stomach issues and it kind of led to him suffering a stroke. Uh, and then he just never recovered. Um, yeah, very sad. Um but you could see it in this film. There's kind of a stark difference between the first film and the second film. He looks like, you know, a lot worse off. And he, mm. yeah, he just didn't look the same. Um, but he was, yeah, God, he was so tremendous. So there's this part where he goes up to Morticia, you know, and they're little like back and forth. And he just, <laughs> he's like, says something about how, you know, oh, I remember the first time I saw you. You were so beautiful. You were wearing all black. And she was like, yes. It was my first funeral. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> like, they just love going to funerals. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so funny. But yeah, Raul Julia, he had more like more issues in this film. Like, okay, so I mentioned he had an eye, eye issue, whereas I, like, blood vessel burst in mm-hmm. his eye yeah, in the yeah, first yeah. film. So in this one, apparently, Angelica Houston recounted a story involving him where his eye fell out of his head at a bar after they were shooting one day. And she said, I came to the set one morning and someone said, Raul's eye fell out last night. And apparently he caught it and inserted it back into his head, then showed up to the set the next morning looking bloodshot. The incident inspired a prank. She said, I, that afternoon I called every joke store in LA and brought a, uh, brought, bought every pair of these joke glasses with, uh, on springs where the eyeballs fall out and she said so the next morning when Raul walked onto the set the entire crew was wearing these glasses <laughs> he apparently laughed like hell it was serious but it was also very bizarre it's like what <laughs> I fell out was he like fucking wrestling Stan Hansen or something like, yeah. <laughs> like Jesus Christ uh, so yeah Angelica Houston you know she said during the filming of Adam's Family Values, it became increasingly clear that Raul Julia's health was deteriorating. He's had trouble eating and he was losing weight as a result. So yeah, it was just very bad. I don't know. Um, but man, those two together, like she's incredible. Like I always love seeing Angelica Houston pop up and things and like them together. They're, they kind of are the stars of the show, in my opinion, at times, like just they them are, dancing yeah, together. Yeah. They're like chemistry. It's like a classic Hollywood. Like, you know, you can imagine them have been in films for years and years together. You know, it's so fucking good. They feel like a couple that have been together. Yeah. For decades and decades and know each other sort of in and out. And then yeah. nice. Yeah. They have a really palpable sort of chemistry and there's no like, it's nice. There's like no real like bullshit sort of forced conflict between them beyond 
you know their more of their relationship to other to the out to outsiders rather than between each other. They're just yeah. nice. they're they're really good. They're really good. Yeah. And Christopher Lloyd is great as well as Uncle Fester. I mean, it's kind of like made to play this role, right? Like, it, yeah, literally. So good. Like, I was about to say, like, born to play it, like, completely looted himself. Yeah. yeah. Like, I just only see Fester. He's completely <laughs> decrepit and gross and, like, incredible and so funny. Like, the rot line, the incredible. The, the line he had in the second one that I love where he's like, we're going, someone is like, oh, do, do, do you ever miss Debbie? And it's like, oh, you know, sometimes I can, you know, remember her turning to me and saying, Fester, go back to your room. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's something like that. I hope I yeah. got that right. But yeah, just, yeah, there's loads of shit like that. And yeah, like yeah. when she drops the microwave, is there a toaster or microwave in the bath? Yeah, I think it's a microwave. And he's so yeah. funny. He's like this, like just, when he fucking, when he dressed, sorry, when she, I'm jumping all over, the, when she dressed him up with like the wig and the big yeah. white suit, he looked incredible. Um, but yeah, when she tries to kill him and he comes down, and he's like, oh, honey, I know you're anxious. And she's like, not anxious? I'm upset. <laughs> yeah. he's like, oh, it was an accident. And she's like, yep, yep, whatever. Yeah, it's so <laughs> like, funny. Like completely oblivious, like so, like that ends up being quite endearing because he's almost quite childlike, even though he's just like old, disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's so gross. Yeah, you have like him in the background while like Morticia and um, Gomez are doing that incredible dance and stuff, and it's like yeah, the yeah, classic yeah. Adams Family theme song playing, and he's just like putting like breadsticks up his nose and stuff. Like, ah, ah. yeah, <laughs> like I'm funny, right? You like me, huh? Yeah. Like, how is he related to Gomez at all? Like- <laughs> yeah. I love when they keep like they did it a lot in the first film, but they keep showing these like photos of them as children together, yeah. and it's just like it's so funny, man. Like, I I love that bit in the th- in the thicker one way they're talking about. Oh, you know, just kids fight brothers fight and he's like oh yes we used to fight all the time he's like oh yeah i remember holding you down hand around the other you've lost consciousness <laughs> yeah. and to go and it's like oh, brother and he like just <laughs> him him. Him. yeah it's just incredible yeah. um, the, they're just it's really funny the twins as well is so funny the the two uh like the conjoined twin women like what are the yeah. names like yeah. um flora and fauna <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's just like he's so into them and stuff and he's like ah, I remember like you know uh, it was like some line where there's like you really did like uh you know come between them Gomez like he's he's upset with you <laughs> it's like so stupid um very funny but yeah you have a uh, the 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 classic line I mean it's really it really is just one of my all-timers I thought it was in the first one but it is in the second one at the very end because mm-hmm. it things didn't work out with Debbie and then they introduce uh, yeah, cu- there's a lot of lore here because cousin it comes in, and yeah, they got the um, whole family. Yeah, his wife little... like re- reprising a role from the first film. Um, they have a baby. Do, do I have like I don't know if I even wrote her name down. I forget. I forget what her name is. Um, oh yeah, uh, Dana Ivy. She plays Margaret Alfred a- Adams. So she was in the first film as Dan Hadea's wife, and uh, she gets charmed by cousin it of all people. Mm. Uh, or things or whatever he is <laughs> big lump of hair and uh yeah so by the second film they have a baby and they come in and they have a new nanny themselves and it's dementia and uh <laughs> he goes that's oh dementia what a beautiful name <laughs> which that's a reference to doc brown apparently in back to the future three because he says to clara it's like clara what a beautiful name <laughs> oh funny so <laughs> it's just like a fun little reference but yeah he does say the name's Fester. 
It means to rot. rot. <laughs> so good. So and good. that bit, well, where she's like at the end, where she got the gun on him, and she, you know, I thought you, I thought you loved me, and she's just <laughs> like, who could ever love you? Yeah. <laughs> it's so stupid though, because like, why, like. How much? How much money does she need? She's killed all these guys. She's spending then, it like crazy, you and know? then she, she's spending it on she, Tony Shalhoub in that book. <laughs> yeah. And then she goes man. after fucking Fester, and it's sort of like, all right, cool. You, you've you've gone after Fester here. Surely you can but just like live off one. You could just like enough. you don't have to kill him. Like Fester's dumb. You could like literally just keep him it. at bay at all times, and he, you mm. you could just like. Have this but then guy. the family get too involved. They won't accept yeah. it. They come over. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, because they are indestructible. When he's like, when he's like, fucking, like cowering in the corner. <laughs> yeah. It's like I need to hear it from him. <laughs> I mean, the best bit really is like where she like gives him the present and like it's oh uh, the bomb. It, he's like, oh, is it a bomb? <laughs> she's just like uh, he's just like oh yeah yeah we'll wait to open it later and he just like puts it down and he goes away and then she comes home and it's just like the house blows up and then he just comes out and he's holding like some burnt dinner or something he was like hey baby (laughs) it's like how are you still alive So so funny i love that bit with the explosion again i don't know if it's intentional but it like really worked so they shoot there's like a shot of her, like the profile shot of her and the, the explosion is behind her. And it's like a very obvious, like green screen, like yeah, imposed, like explosion. And she's not reacting to it. And even that like worked, the fact that it looked fake and that it's not there worked yeah. because she doesn't react to it at all. <laughs> yeah. it's like she does not give a shit yeah, yeah. what's happening. She's just waiting for it. Like that bit where she's like tr- practicing her cry and she can't yeah. stop laughing. Yeah. <laughs> so good. So funny. Uh, Christina Ritchie is Wednesday and this one really shines. Perfect. Holy shit. Like those just, scenes at the camp and stuff. Like Why are you dressed for a funeral? Wait. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. Yeah, yeah, and there's like the scenes where she's like, you know, they... They uh, stick all the kids inside of that, like, um, that fun room, basically. Yeah, yeah. Like, as, you know, basically, like, a room to just, like, reprogram children with, like, the sound of music and Annie and all sorts of stuff. <laughs> so funny. Hell on earth. I just, I love, like, I love her in it, and I love her relationship with David Crumholt because, like, he's, like, really weak and frail and allergic to everything and, like, basically yeah. on the verge of death all the time, and she likes that. That's what's attractive about him. Yeah, yeah. Um, both the love, like, I think she had one of the most famous bits, one of the best bits of the film, of any kid's film of that era, like the fucking Thanksgiving scene. It's Snack time! <laughs> <laughs> There's something about that look you gave to me. I know you can only mean one thing. It's snack time. In the morning. It's snack time. In the evening. It's snack time. I can't wait for you. It's snack time. Thanksgiving. Yes. You know what that means. 
It's turkey time. Turkey time. It's turkey time. And this is a, I got this ordered. Ooh. Special. Because this is a thing they do. They haven't done it the last couple of years. They did it, but I remember they used to do it and they do it again now. From Costa Coffee. Uh-huh. And it's a, this is a vegan version, but it's a turkey and trimming toasty. Ooh. And it's got like cranberry sauce and stuffing and onions and shit in it. And I remember it being really good. I'm trying to remember, did you do, do this one time before for no. a Thanksgiving episode? No. <laughs> you shut up. Like planes, trains, and automobiles. <laughs> you shut up. I might have. I don't yeah. probably. Maybe. Um, I remember you. Maybe. No, I'm thinking of like you got something from like Starbucks one time. Like some Starbucks thing. Anyway, go for it. Uh, turkey toasty. Mm. Does it cost a, a lot of money? <laughs> huh. Huh. Yeah, because it's way too expensive for like yeah. how not good it is. <laughs> is that good at least? Because like <laughs> you're like bearing the leader. No, this is good. Yeah, it cost in general is not very good, but yeah, like, yeah, yeah. But it seems to be like the biggest one here. I yeah, don't I don't really why. get it. I'm not into their coffee. Because it's like British. No, the coffee's yeah. not great. Um, like I don't but, really drink the milky coffee drinks anymore. But back when I did, I it was always like my least favorite, like latte or whatever, you know. But no, this isn't this is good. This is like surprisingly good. Um, yeah, it's like it's good. It's good fake turkey. It's nice. it's like it got all the flavor. It got that like festive flavor I like that I only get in the mood for once a year. Yeah, that I don't really like flavor. turkey. <laughs> yeah, I don't really like turkey and cranberries and stuff and all that stuff. But once a year, I get really in it. like pig and blanket, same thing. Like like whatever people think about like. Because I don't like mint pies, but I imagine the same thing. People get like really in the mood for mint pies and mulled wine like one time a year. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is good. It's solid. It's one of the better things to do. And the, it's nice they do a vegan version. Nice. Um, turkey, like two turkey. E's or something. Yeah. Uh, well, how many little girls are you going to just let drown in the lake because you can't swim? Huh. <laughs> Three. Three. three, three. Not bad. I'm like three girls drown. Yeah, three um, girls drown. Yeah, just just because it's uh, a little. I just reheated it, and it's a little stiff, but they're losing some points. But yeah, solid. Well, I went down a very similar route because you know Thanksgiving's tomorrow. Uh, I too enjoy a little turkey style sandwich or something like that that comes out. You know, little festive favorite things this time of year <laughs> that wouldn't be good. In the middle of the summer, uh, I got a British turkey turkey feast sandwich from the co-op. It's nice. got smoked bacon, sage, and onion stuffing, cranberry chutney, fried onion mayo on malted bread. Never Ooh, had this one before, bread. but you know, let's go for it. Um, I didn't feel like trying Asda because I feel like I don't know something about like an Asda sandwich just doesn't sound very good to me. Prove me wrong out there. Sandwich. I don't know. Yeah, I've never had one. I just feel like, nah, I don't know why. <laughs> Dad, All that's right. not where the strength Let's go for it. The soft chew. Mm. Soft chew. Um. Yeah? Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> all right, not doing nothing special? You know what? Like, the, you know what? The stuffing's actually pretty nice, all right? I like I like uh, co-op sandwiches. Okay, like they're okay. Um, 
but like I feel like the Pret has like the really oh, good Christmas Pret sandwich. And yeah, they have the really good Christmas sandwich at Pret. So um but yeah, yeah I, don't, that, I don't live the, near Pret, so the Pret one gives me heart palpitation. <laughs> it's like so like big and meaty and rich. <laughs> and I so rarely eat meat anymore. Um yeah, I was working at Thanksgiving at the cinema a few years back, like, you know, years ago. And it was the first time we did uh, The Gremlins with Zach Galligan. And uh, we were talking about that the other day at the cinema. That first year was like literally Tommy week. It was so big mm. and busy. You know, it was like almost a week worth of shows, a couple of night. And uh, I was stage managing the one with, you know, on on Thanksgiving Day and being an American, fellow American Zach Allegan all alone. I went over to Pret and got him a, a oh, uh, Thanksgiving y like you know, turkey sandwich. And I think he enjoyed it. Okay. <laughs> Found it in the trash later with just one bite taken out of it. <laughs> but the note that says, Fuck you. Fuck you, John. I hope you see this. <laughs> all right. How many um yeah, how many um <clears throat> highballs are you giving it? <laughs> Um, I don't know, like maybe two and a half. It's just a mid. Right, it's right mid. down the middle. You know, it's, it's good. mid. It's edible. It's, I've had worse, way worse. I've Not had way better. Um, Very mid, you know? Mm. The bacon in a weird addition, I feel. Yeah, they tend they to do that, them. though. They, they tend to do that. They bacon into everything. Yeah, I don't really. Uh, you know, my favorite, one of my favorite sandwiches is a BLT. Mm-hmm. Like a really well done BLT, but yeah, I don't really get the need to throw bacon into a turkey sandwich. <laughs> Maybe the turkey's so bland, they're just like, hey, I love this bacon. But yeah, no, the summer camp shit in Am's Family Value is like so iconic. They were really on something in the early 90s with summer camp films, like films <laughs> that featured summer camps were like, insane and they were so good there was so many good ones like i mean the best one in my opinion is heavyweights um with that's the film you always go yeah yeah that's that's a total consider i watched that when i was like deep into COVID. when i was in glasgow you know (laughs) we were recording episodes and stuff and um i was like so delirious but i was like this film rules (laughs) (laughs) so good i want to go to camp (laughs) <laughs> no, there's something about like it's funny and it, you know, it, <laughs> it's a great like big scene with lots of <laughs> but they set fire to the stage and everything. But like it's also like a really well articulated, pointed indictment of American history and of Thanksgiving as a holiday. Yeah, yeah. And, and like in a very sh- in like a one minute speech that she done. Like it's she, incredible. Like, it shouldn't be that small. It's so good. And it's like yeah. early 90s too. Like that feels like, I don't know. You feel like you don't really hear people talking shit like openly in like a big Hollywood production about like how shitty like, you know, colonialism is, you know, like. Flower Moon just did it and it felt very, <laughs> yeah, you know, like yeah. pushing the boundary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like just the imperialism of America, like you know, taking over America, like you, you were the United States, you know, British colonies and stuff coming over and just 
pushing in, becoming its own nation, but then just taking completely control of every bit of land on that continent and just like, you know, killing all the natives there. And it's like, it's such a good, like, fuck you, Christina Ritchie, just like plays that whole, like, oh, and she does that fucking smile thing, like where she just smiles and, you know, just like, it's a demented smile and just like, what's wrong with her face? (laughs) And she's scaring me. And then like, she like, you know, comes out, starts the uh, performance as Pocahontas for some reason. Mm. Um, yeah, and- why? Like, but the, but like the choice of Pocahontas could again is the character who's used to exemplify <clears throat> unity. Yeah, between <laughs> you know, like, and you know, sort of a peaceful washing of that time of your yeah, colonial American colonial past. But like that isn't kind of the real thing that happened if you kind of look into the real story by Pocahontas. It's yeah. more like a woman who's taken from her home and a girl around a, the globe. A girl. A girl. <laughs> a young was girl was taken from her home and tried around the globe and then yeah. died very young. Yeah. Um, yeah, so to use that, like they just threw her in as like a fun little thing. Could they say that? Like Pocahontas is the mostly, she's like the mostly uh, beachless Pocahontas or something like that. Yeah. And then she goes on a Big tirade. Her, and they, they can't think of they can't great. think of like another Native American type character. <laughs> yeah. So they just chose Pocahontas, even though she has nothing to do with Thanksgiving. Yeah, she was not there at the first Thanksgiving. That was mm. a completely different set, settlement. Um, but yeah, uh, the, I don't know. It's funny because you know, obviously, we're doing this as Thanksgiving, and like I, I understand some people are just like, yeah, fuck Thanksgiving, you know, fuck Columbus Day, and all that sort of stuff. But uh, it's it's nice to like kind of uh, Thanksgiving, I don't know, as an American, um, you know, sort of, I don't know, like try not to like, I don't like, you know, don't go with the fucking like bullshit of, you know, the years and years of propaganda that <laughs> created the American nation. But like trying mm-hmm. to like, um, you know, look at those things and realize how they're kind of fucked up, but then try to take. You know, the, the ideas, good, the good from yeah, it, like just yeah. being the together with your family, you know. Exactly. It's the same thing I feel like. Being about thankful with, for things. It, it's lovely. Um, and it's, a, it's the same way I feel about Christmas. Cause I love Christmas. But obviously I don't buy into like Jesus' birthday bullshit. Yeah. And there's a lot of fucking shit, like baggage on that holiday. But like just the idea of like, again, a moment to sort of <clears throat> cherish the things you have and the ones around you and a, and a, a moment to sort of, you know, be selfless and try to show that, give that, give that through presence or through charity, through whatever. Like it's a season where you can kind of just try to be nicer for a bit and appreciate yeah. what you have. That's how I sort of treat Christmas anyway. And the same thing with Thanksgiving. And I've always like, it can only in recent years have I been able to celebrate Thanksgiving with Dusty, who's an American, and I get to enjoy it with her family. And it's always a really lovely day, like where we just hang out and enjoy our each other in company, you know, it's a very, it's all a, yeah, family and being thankful. Like it's nice, like that side of it is nice. And yeah, it's okay to just try and take those bits from it. Yeah. It's really lovely because it's like, you know, besides the fact that you're buying a lot of food and stuff, uh, but you know, <laughs> yeah. eating yeah. a lot of food is eat fun. Till you pass out. Yeah. And you know, it's arguably a bigger dinner than the Christmas dinner in America, but at the same time, like, you know, you're not really worrying about all the commercialism. There's no like gift giving and all that sort of stuff at Thanksgiving. But the next day, 
his Black Friday. <laughs> and it's like, fuck uh, you, fuck your thanks and all your givings. Give me money. <laughs> it's just like stores going mental and people losing their fucking crazy. minds. But I think everybody should get together instead of like sitting around the table, you know, uh, saying what they're thankful for. They should just like sit at the table and then just like turn on the nearest television, um, which has got to be close to your table or else you're not doing it right. And, uh, <laughs> you know, put on Wednesday Adams Thanksgiving speech. Yeah. We cannot break bread with you. Huh? Becky, what's going on? Wednesday! You have taken the land which is rightfully ours. Years from now, my people will be forced to live in mobile homes, on reservations. Your people will wear cardigans and drink highballs. We will sell our bracelets by the roadsides. You will play golf and enjoy hot hors d'oeuvres. My people will have pain and degradation. Your people will have stick shifts. The gods of my tribe have spoken. They have said, do not trust the pilgrims, especially Sarah Miller. Gary, she's changing the words. And for all these reasons, I've decided to scalp you and burn your village to the ground. Uh, It's funny, you have this nice little cast of people who are involved. You already mentioned David Krumholtz playing Joel Glicker. Is Wednesday's love interest. He's at the camp. Um, he said that it was it was his first kiss that he had with Christina Ritchie, and he confessed that I remember Christina complaining that I had a little peach fuzz on my upper lip, and she didn't like oh. that, and it made me really <laughs> self conscious. <laughs> oh no! Uh, um, you got the counselors who are fucking hilarious. Oh. Peter McNichol and Christine Berinsky is uh, mm. Gary and Becky. <laughs> fucking hilarious. Just two like people so who tend to steal the show. Yeah. One from like Ghostbusters Two and yeah. like the Bean movie, and the other from another film we both go on about. I think a lot. Bowfinger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's great She's in, Bowfinger, yeah. in Bowfinger. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Then you have obviously one of the other stars of the show, Mercedes McNabb, who plays Amanda Buckman. She's actually in the first film, and I like kind of forgot about. She's in the first film as this Girl Scout. I don't know if she's meant to be the same character, but she plays a Girl Scout because like Wednesday and Pugsley are doing something outside, and she like comes by and she's like, "Would you like to buy some Girl Scout cookies?" And he's like, (laughs) "Wednesday's like, are they made from real Girl Scouts?" (laughs) (laughs) Maybe they just thought she was really good. Let's bring her back. Yeah, yeah, and she's great. She's just really funny. Um, That whole like bit at the end though it's really hilarious they you know they add the shot of uh amanda and her family like flying home yeah that wasn't in the original like cut of the film that they showed to like test audiences and they had to add it in they had to i guess they had to go and shoot it and add it in because the test audiences thought the wednesday actually killed them all (laughs) (laughs) they're like well okay we have have to yeah they like go to a fucking like barbecue pit and amanda's like got a apple in her mouth and she's like over top of a fire <laughs> it's like really oh. fucking nuts it's fucking crazy oh man that scene's so good um yeah we have baby pubert in this film as well you got uh there it's the twin girls kate caitlin and Kristen hooper playing baby hubert um i think they actually appeared in an episode of T- tool time or or uh home improvement it's tim taylor's mm-hmm. niece uh, just a little, you know, little you know, uh-huh. trivia for Phil over here. The only person that would appreciate that trivia. 
but according to the writer Paul Rudnick, he said the idea of the Adams clan to get a new member named Pubert came from the original creator Charles Adams. He said the name of the child Pubert was apparently the original name for Pugsley, but the New Yorker had refused to publish uh, publish it because they considered it way too over the line at the time and too provocative. So they changed the name to Pugsley, but Pubert was supposed to be a sort of like a play on puberty. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, you get strong baby's day out vibes with Pubert, you know, <laughs> like this oh, in- yeah. total indestructible baby. Like at the end, you know, just like gliding around on a fucking like roller skate and stuff. And yeah, that won't be the last baby's day out reference here. Cause let's get into oh, a little God bit of cameos, it. Phil. We have a uh, Barry Sonnenfeld. <clears throat> he, he himself. Oh yeah. He plays Joel's dad. Um, yeah. He actually appears in the first film as well. He's like a passenger on <laughs> so like in the first film, Gomez gets fucking freaked out like about uh, he's like freaking out about Fester. It might be like. I, I can't remember if it's after Fester appears or if it's before Fester appears, but he's like fucking losing his mind. And he's like in his playroom and he's like playing with his trains and they're like, oh God, dad's playing with his trains. And he's just like <laughs> going insane and screaming and there's like screaming about something. And there's like these two trains that are just about to crash into each other. <laughs> and they do this funny shot where they sh- show him looking into one of the trains and it's like, there's a guy in the train, <laughs> even though it's yeah, a model yeah, yeah. train and it's Barry Sonnenfeld and he's just looking out and it's just Gomez going, <laughs> <laughs> it's so demented. That, yeah. Uh you get Nathan Lane as the police desk sergeant, which is pretty funny because he would go on to play Gomez in the Adams Family Broadway musical. Uh <laughs> David High Pierce from Fraser appears as the delivery room doctor. You get Ian Abercrombie, aka Mr. Pitt from Seinfeld, who's a driver. <laughs> <laughs> you get Chris Ellis, who is our boy, Phil. From that thing you do, the original manager yes, of the, yes, the yes, O'Neaters, yes, as the uh, furniture delivery driver. Tony Shaloub is the uh, <laughs> sailor Jorge or George, I'm not sure. Um, and then you Eat get Jorge. Macho, because he's meant to be like Hispanic and he's yeah, doing like a yeah. really. He's doing an accent. <laughs> yeah. And then at the very beginning of the film, the uh, Adams are trying to get a babysitter and the first one of the people they they interview is uh cynthia nixon from sex in the city who plays miranda (laughs) sex in the city uh as she's a potential nanny interviewee but funny enough she uh she plays the nanny phil in baby's day out (laughs) (laughs) baby day out next year well actually we should have done this year because it's a 93 film um no Michael, more 93 films. We can't fit any more in the schedule. Michael Jackson, he was supposed to feature in a song called The Family, like The Adams Family Groove or Family Thing. Um, he even made a music video involving the Adams Lake Mansion. And the song is rumored to have been removed due to the child sexual abuse allegations against Michael Jackson. Oh, yeah, because that was the first round of that. Yeah. But in reality, it was because apparently there was contractual differences with him in Paramount Pictures. However, the first child abuse allegations against Jackson emerged just a few months before the movie was set to be released, which makes that gag where Joel screams at the MJ Hill the World poster like really fucking dark. <laughs> it's like so fucked up. Uh, 
But the soundtrack itself did feature, like you know, the first one had that like Dude, MC Hammer. You got tell, yeah, the fucking Adam, Adam family. Wait, no, I'm just doing MC Hammer. No, yeah, whoop, yeah Adam family. Whoop, whoop, there it, it is. is. Yeah, yeah it's just like what you can't just put Adam family into other songs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because the first film had that whole like Ninja Turtles vibe, where it's like fuck it, let's get MC Ninja, Hammer, Ninja, yeah. Rap, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um. Yeah, they, they just decided to do it again where they had Tag Team, whose 1993 song, Woomp, There It Is, was feature, re- remixed for the film. The song achieved massive success in 93 and same year that uh, Adam's Family Value was released, but it was considered a one-hit wonder and the song took the number one spot on the Billboard RBR, R&B charts. Um, but yeah, soon after the, the film came out, Tag Team were hired to produce a remix of the song for the Adams Family team. They rewrote the song in praise of the Adams Family members, rapping back again. The Adams Family, new baby in the house, makes three. <laughs> I love that. I love. I miss that era of like song just telling you the plot. Yeah, like the like the total power. Right? Yeah, just like perfect. Why? Um, but yeah, Christina Ritchie and Jimmy Workman, they reprise their roles as Wednesday and Pugsley in the tag team music video, which shows a house party in the Adams-esque mansion. <laughs> the song went on to receive the Razzie Award for, f- for worst original song in 1994. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> but it is on the soundtrack for the film. It's the Adams Family whoop. <laughs> <laughs> Adam's Family Values opened at number one at the box office in November 1993 with a reported gross of $14.1 million in its opening weekend. The second week, it fell off to Mrs. Doubtfire. Oh, shit. It earned just under $50 million domestically, just barely recouping its budget of $47 million in in the United States and Canada. It kind of was rendered a bit of a flop. But, you know, it did make an additional $62 million internationally for a worldwide total of $111 million. The film was well-received by critics in contrast to its predecessor's mixed reception. Janet Maslin of the New York Times wondered if the making of a sequel was sheer drudgery for all concerned, then answered herself by writing, there's simply too much glee on the screen thanks to a cast and visual conception that were perfect in the first place and a screenplay by Paul Rudnick that specializes in delightfully arch-subversive humor. Both Gene Siskel and Roger Eber had disliked the first film. Siskel gave Adam's Family Values a mixed review and ac- accused Sonnenfeld of caring more about how the film looked than how the jokes play. I don't think that's, that, that's, no, I don't think that's fucking crazy. Uh, Roger Eber, however, gave the film three stars out of four and thought that it was unusual, unusually for a sequel, it improved upon its predecessor. He enjoyed the various subplots and recommended the film. The film was nominated for an Academy Award in the category for Best Art Direction for Kid and Adam and Marvin March, but it lost to Schindler's List, the uh, God damn it. the big boy of 1993, <laughs> that that last film of the year film. <laughs> oh, no. That's not happening. Yeah. Phil Knight did for the longest, <laughs> the longest time. We were like, let's close out this year, right? With We've been doing all these film. 93 films. We started with Jurassic Park. Let's end with Schindler's List, the two big Spielberg films. And then like a few months ago, we were looking at it, our lists, trying to you know figure out what if we were going to do that. We were like, dude, we can't do that. <laughs> we yeah, can't end. Horribly depressing. <laughs> 
And Angelica Houston was nominated in 1993 for a Golden Globe for Best Actress in a Motion Picture Musical or Comedy for her performance as Morticia. She was also nominated the year for the previous film in 1991. So that's pretty cool. She deserves it. She's fucking great. Yeah. She looks awesome. Yeah. I mean, that like that fucking light over her face, like <laughs> gliding in her rooms, like long black cloaks. And like everything. she's never looked like I don't know. That's like she's she's beautiful in that film. It's unbelievable how great yeah. she looks. It's like holy shit. Like Morticia just walks in the room, and then Raul Julia just like, cara mia. So good. In 2016, James uh, Charisma, is that really his name? I wrote this down and I just didn't even read what his name was, of Playboy, ranked the film number 15 on a list of 15 sequels that are way better than the originals. And there you go. that's it. I mean, like, if Playboy, says it, fun. Playboy says it, it's true. And we've come full circle. It started with porn, we end it with porn. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> And then Adam Family, look at the perfect family movie, perfect Halloween movie, yeah. and even perfect Thanksgiving movie. Mm-hmm. If you're, you know, comatose from plain amount of food on Thanksgiving and you want to put something on, it should be probably this or plain trained automobiles. Yeah. It, that's kind of it. All grumpy old men, I guess. They don't, and we've established that only three Thanksgiving movies, right? There's yeah, only yeah. Three Thanksgiving movies, and that's the end of the episode. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Maybe no, nothing's happening behind the paywall. I don't know. Maybe tomorrow. Nothing. Thanksgiving morning, you wake up. There'll be a little, have a little we, gift under the tree. We, we, we said that there's no presents, but hey. <laughs> hey, check this shit out. Buddy. Uh, oh, God damn. Phil, Phil, it's getting yeah. cold out there. I don't know, man. It's been yeah, really yeah. cold recently. Yeah. You know, we're getting yeah. closer and closer Nippy. to Christmas time. We moved away from Thanksgiving now. Now that we've praised Wednesday's Adams, you know, for giving us the true meaning of the holiday. And uh, we we stick around in 93, though, you know, next week as, the, yeah. as we talk yeah. about a film. You know, it's cold. We're going to talk about a film, a film with a couple of warm, you know, some lads from a warm country who are forced into a uh, oh. winter Olympic sport. Here we go. I have poor circulation, Phil, you know, like mm-hmm. when I'm cold, I get these like ghoul like Edward Cullen from Twilight hands, you know, <laughs> like, you know, if if uh, there was a girl who would come and touch me, she'd be like, oh, you're cold as ice. So, you know, I think, you know, if I'm going to be running cold over these next few months, so are you. It's cool runnings. Oh, <laughs> so what did yeah, I see what he did. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ah, I'm gonna see if Chevy can give us a little uh, call in. Fucking hate call running. He hates this film so much. Uh, Chevy yeah, works great, for the cinema. Great movie never made. He's been Classic. complaining to Phil for years about how he hasn't been on the podcast yet. <laughs> yeah, like, we're gonna bring him in on the film he fucking hates. Yeah, let's do it. Let's we'll do it. Let's we'll do it. Well, he can let's come in it. for Shannon's list. <laughs> <laughs> Happy New Year. <laughs>
Yeah. The Paul Jones. 